Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sanders sitting in for Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, who are both off this week, but glad that you're with us on our Super Talk Mississippi network of stations, coast to coast, border to border, in the great Magnolia State. On the program today, just prior to the beginning of the Masters, yeah, the golf tournament, which was usually played in April, but because of uh, COVID, it has been moved to this week. We'll be talking with former Golden Eagle golfer Jeff Jennings. He'll be joining us to talk not only about his career at Southern Miss, but about the great line of golfers that have come from Southern Miss. We'll talk a little bit about the Masters as well. Then we'll shift gears and talk football. The Southern Miss-Western Kentucky game scheduled for Saturday up in Kentucky. We'll be talking to the radio voice of the Hilltoppers, Randy Lee will be joining us. And then in our last segment, which we usually do, we'll update you on the college football cancellations, the schedule of games that are going to be played tonight, and the historical significance of one particular Conference USA school that had a um, historical, albeit not very happy, event happened nearly 50 years ago. That'll be coming up in our last segment. This first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Wherever you are, there's a Dickie's Barbecue Pit that's close by. And, you know, because of the COVID situation, a lot of people have talked about how Thanksgiving is not going to be the same this year. The numbers of relatives, you know, probably are not going to be as big, and it might be more of a come-and-go type of situation. So why bother cooking when Dickie's can take care of all of that for you Just tell them how many people are coming and pick what delicious meats you'd like and the sides, and they can take care of that for you. Dine in, carry out, whatever, Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Never a charge for the great aroma as you drive by. There is a charge for the food, but well worth it. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline, a native of Batesville, Indiana, a three-year letterman on the golf team at Southern Miss. Jeff Jennings joins us, and really when you look at when you look at uh, sports programs at Southern Miss, of course, everybody talks about great football players that have come through the program. But listen to this list of, of golfers that have played at Southern Miss throughout the years. Not only Jeff Jennings, who's joining us here in a moment, but Richard Walsh, Steve Summer, John Bethay, Chris Inman, Gary Cooper, Glenn Natchik, Ron Hickman, and Steve Thomas. Now, if you know anything about golf in the area, you know that is kind of the who's who of Southern Miss golf, and I'm sure I've probably left a few of those names off the list. We could go on and on. Jeff Jennings played for Coach Teddy Bouchelon and finished his career at Southern Miss with Jimmy Carpenter, and we welcome you to the show. Jeff, good afternoon to you. Hey, Kelly, how are you? Man, everything is terrific. It's so, it's so good to talk to you. So first question, Jeff, on, on the eve of the Masters, we thought it'd be great to talk a little bit of golf prior to this, to this tournament. How does a guy from Batesville, Indiana, wind up in Hattiesburg? Well, uh... Interesting story. My golf pro in Batesville had some uh, contacts and was friends with James Ray Carpenter. And James Ray was the golf pro at USM's golf course back then. And 
I was going through some uh, other recruits, visiting some other schools, and we stopped by and visited USM as well. And I knew a couple of the guys that played for him through junior golf. Gary Moats was one of them, and he was from Elgin, Illinois. So I knew him already, and when I got here, we played some golf, met the team. Uh, my father was with me. He liked the school. I liked it, and uh, we decided that would be the place to go. Was there anything that made it a slam dunk for you? Was there any particular thing that happened that said, yes, this absolutely is where I need to be? Well, I mean, the main thing is I wanted to get out of the cold weather, and uh, I don't know if, it, if there was a, any slam dunk, but I, I I can remember as a young man going to Biloxi for vacations in, in the winter and playing golf down there, so I was a little bit familiar with, with Mississippi already. So the game, as we mentioned, you're a three-year three-year letter winner at Southern Miss played in... You know, in four. Four, sorry about that. I thank you for the <laughs> correction. Um, but in the mid-'80s, played at, at Southern Miss, and yep. the game has changed so much since then. Certainly, all due respect to guys that played in the 80s, but is it how much of it is equipment, Jeff, the, the advancement in equipment? And what percentage of the game changing is just plain and simply equipment is much better? Well, I mean, talking about equipment, when I came to USM, uh, I came with a Cleveland persimmon driver and some blades. The first year at USM, Taylor made was just getting going. And uh, they were able to help our golf team out, and they gave us, you know, the original Pittsburgh Persimmon Metal Woods that first came out. And I think that's when, you know, the, the game really changed, when metal started being hit for drivers. And I remember, I remember the old pro, the pro staff golf balls. The dimple arrangement was a little bit different than, I mean, things, things were getting so technical. Uh, you, you almost had to be a scientist to be able to keep up with all of the, the changes, not only in the, in the clubs, but even golf balls and everything else, yes? Yeah, I mean, the golf balls changed so much from when I first started uh, at Southern and in my junior golf career. You know, it was a wound golf ball with rubber bands and a liquid center that lasted about nine holes. If you hit it well, if you hit it bad, it was over with. Uh, now, you know, they got three, four, five-piece golf balls, no rubber bands around them, urethane covers that can make it uh, 36 holes without scuffing it, without cutting it, anything. So now, golf ball probably is the is the biggest thing that's changed in golf, that's, that's evolved and you know made golfers better, I would say. Well, we're on the subject of equipment, and I want to get back to your days at Southern Miss, but Bryson DeChambeau yeah. has said that he may go to a what, a 48-inch long driver for the Masters, and of course he's the former long-distance driving champion or, or whatever. I would think that a longer driver would be a disadvantage because it's harder to control. What say you? Uh, definitely harder to control. I was watching him this morning. He was... Uh, I was using it, and the golf channel had it on, and uh, he's he's got 200-mile-an-hour ball speed, which is stupid. I mean, that's nobody's ever, on the PGA Tour, has ever got it to 200 miles an hour with the ball speed. Um, the 48-inch driver he's tinkering with, I don't think you're going to see it come out. Um, 
just because he's he's not. It didn't didn't look very comfortable with it this morning when I was watching. The fact that the, the that the Masters is being played now in November without any fans, Jeff Jennings, as opposed to April, when the when the azaleas are blooming and, and you're shoulder to shoulder with people, does that does this course change significantly? Just generally speaking, uh, playing it in November as opposed to April. Well, I think it's going to change a lot. First of all, I mean, I got rain in the forecast. Of course, it's going to be soft. The other thing that's that's really different are these young kids that have never played there before. They're not going to have a gallery. There's not going to be any ropes out there. Um, I think that gives the younger ones maybe a little bit of an advantage. And then some of the older pros that have been there, I mean, they thrive on the crowds, the roars, that kind of stuff that, that's going to be missing this year. So it's going to be an interesting event. Um, the golf course, you know, they overseeded it what, six weeks ago, so it's in perfect shape if they can just miss some of this rain. And we're going to talk more with Jeff Jennings on the other side of the commercial break about the Masters, but back to your career at Southern Miss, Jeff. Do you remember some of your favorite places that you like to hang out at in Hattiesburg? And of course, you hang out in, in Hattiesburg. Yeah, I mean, well, and you're still living in Hattiesburg, but you know the, I, the area. But yeah, uh, our golf teams uh, ate a lot of uh, dinners at Bonnie and Clyde's back then. <laughs> and that was on on Broadway <laughs> Drive, right? It was on Broadway Drive, and uh, they had good food. And uh, if you bought one beer, you got to eat for free, and we were all about that. Yeah, so you, that was one of them that we hung out. Of course, the end zone was around then. A lot of places aren't there anymore. You kind of you kind of pinch yourself as to as to how old you're getting to be when those places aren't <laughs> around anymore, right? You're right. Of course, I the mean, this was 36 years ago. So yeah, of course, the end zone is now Fourth Street Bar and Grill, which sponsors right. You know, sponsors this program. So we're always glad you know to talk to talk about them. But being an, a native Hoosier, it'd be real easy for you once you finished your career at Southern Miss to go back to Indiana. But you've chosen to stay all these years. In Mississippi, any particular reason why? Uh, well, the first reason would be my wife. Uh, she's from L.A., and I met her from Lower Alabama. Um, and I met her at USM. She was a couple years older than me, had a job already in Hattiesburg, and uh, thought it would be a good place to stay. L.A., I like that, Lower Alabama, huh? <laughs> when we come back, Jeff, if you'll hang with us, we're going to talk more about the Masters, and we're going to talk about Davis Riley, too, a young Hattiesburg guy who's done very well on the Corn Ferry Tour. We'll ask Jeff Jennings about uh, what prospects he thinks Davis Riley has on the tour. More on the Masters and more about this great list of golfers that have come through Southern Miss. We're going to talk some football, too, Western Kentucky and Southern Miss. A lot more on the Eagle Hour. Glad that you're with us, and we'll be back in just a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Kelly Sander with you from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking with Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald about some of the personnel changes on the football team, including uh, uh, another departure 
that we talked about yesterday, one of the running backs. Bob Matthews will also be joining us. Bob is a Southern Miss graduate and now is the main man at SportsJourney.com where he reports on the Washington, what used to be the Washington Redskins football team, now just simply called the Washington football team, the Washington Capitals, and he has the the SportsJourney.com podcast. Patrick McGee and Bob Matthews tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart, which is the bright yellow building right across from the main entrance to the campus at Southern Miss on Hardy Street. Your one-stop shop for all things that are Southern Miss, whether it's whether it's kind of obscure, kind of a on-the-fringe type of gifts that you sometimes don't think about. You know, I mean, lighters, we talked about coffee mugs, you know, whatever that they can put a Southern Miss logo on, they've got it there for you. And all of your apparel, whether you're, you look best in black, white, or gold, they've got everything there. Probably some gray even there as well. And they carry those extra, extra, extra sizes that some of us guys uh, like to wear. So that's a campus bookmark across from the campus on Hardy Street, the bright yellow building. And they're open 24-7 at Campus Bookmart. That's with a T, campusbookmart.net. Going back to the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline, where Jeff Jennings is with us, a golfer from Southern for Southern Miss in the mid '80s. And Jeff, when you talked about your your visit to Southern Miss, what was it about your skill set you think that that they uh, that Coach Bouchelon at the time liked about the way you played the game? Uh, very straight up with the driver. Um, good with the driver. Uh, a little weak with the short game, but I think Teddy liked the that I could lace that driver down the gut pretty much most of the time. Well, and, and usually if you can do that, you're going to score pretty well, right? What, what, did you, what did you think at that time was the weakest part of your game, and were you able to get on top of that during your career? Well, I mean, the, the biggest change was the grass down here going from, uh, you know, I was playing on rye and bent grass and then uh, changing to Bermuda, a little different slipping and getting used to with the short game chipping out of the thicker Bermuda grass than what I was used to. And when I when I look at uh, some of the guys that were on just the teams that you were on, we mentioned uh, Glenn Natchik at the top of the program, uh-huh. who, who came to Southern Miss from Canada, and uh, you had a, a teammate from Peru, Jaime Sarmiento. Gary March, we forgot about Gary March, and I don't know how we could because he was he was a man. Really, when you when you think about this, anybody that does know anything about golf, Southern Miss has cranked out some pretty good ones, haven't they? They have. Uh, you know, Magic uh, played on the tour for uh, I want to say five or six years before some elbow and wrist injuries. Um, Gary March, you know, almost made it many times. Uh, but it was a great player. I mean, we uh, we were in the Metro Conference back then, and we finished second in 1987 in the Metro to Florida State. So that was pretty good for Southern Miss to show up and be able to finish second in something like that. that Metro Conference was pretty strong back then, as you remember in basketball as well. Yeah, it's, it's changed a little bit over the years for sure. One of the most highly heralded youngsters to come out of the Hattiesburg area although he's not playing for Southern Miss, is, is Davis Riley. And I'm sure you've been able to follow his career. He prepped at Presbyterian Christian School in Hattiesburg and then uh, on to Alabama. It looks like, looks like he's got everything it takes to potentially do some damage on the tour. What do you think, Jeff? Uh, he, he'll be there. Um, 
He's already won twice on the Corn Ferry this year, and it's a wraparound season, unfortunately. So he'll he'll go back to the Corn Ferry this year, but you will see his name on uh, many leaderboards coming soon. Yeah, and we, we hope that that is certainly the case, and, and we wish him the best. All right, the Masters gets underway tomorrow, and we talked about that there will be no fans. The golfers, it'll be real quiet there in Amen Corner, where you might be able to actually hear yourself pray uh, with no fans on the course. Is this Tiger's last year, as uh, is rumored to be, Jeff? What do you think? I would say so. I think he's got two rounds left. I just, I, I just don't think he's, you know, he's, you can't take off for this long and then expect to do well again. I mean, we all hope he does, but I, I don't see that coming and I I would say, yeah, this is probably his last Masters. And there were, you know, a couple, four or five years ago, it looked like Jordan Spieth was going to be the guy that took the world by storm and that he was going to be king of the hill, and then then he kind of fell off his perch and really hasn't returned to that form. Going for that extra distance, working on the swing too much, and lost his feel. So is the, he's the first one to tell you that, you know, he's he's kind of lost out there right now. So is there a big kahuna? I mean, who's there's a whole bunch of different guys that could win this thing. There are. I mean, you got to pick DeSambo is probably the favorite because it's going to be, you know, he's not going to use anything but, I don't know, 8, 9, and wedge into these holes. So you would, you would think he is a favorite. And then uh, there's some older cats that I think are going to make a move this, this week, too. I like uh, Paul Casey as well as uh, a few other of the older ones. Yeah, it's interesting. Lee Westwood would be a good pick, I think, this week as well. Yeah, and if Lee Westwood uh, from overseas, if he's ever going to win one, he better hurry up. Because <laughs> he, he needs to hurry. Yeah, right. the, the clock is running on him. Lee's uh, starting to get a little a little bit older. but He's always around there, though, so I, I wouldn't be surprised seeing him at least the first two days right up there. You know, with with the Masters going to the same course over and over, there's only so much tinkering with the layout. We, we talked in the first segment with Jeff Jennings about the improvement in the equipment in golf and the science involved, but there's only so much tinkering they can do, Jeff, isn't with the golf course, that pretty soon the equipment might be, well, for lack of a better term, you know, the equipment might be better than the course. Possible. Um you still got to putt, though. And whoever putts the best is probably going to be the best. That's that's the main thing. I mean, they can stretch it out now, but uh, you got to have your chipping and putting pants on each day. And one of the things that, that uh, you have to like about DeChambeau, because there, there's been a lot of guys over the years that have been able to crank it down the fairway uh, a good long way. John Daly comes to mind. You know, he did win you know a major or two. Um, but, but you know, his putting has, has not been consistent. It, it seems like DeChambeau, although he can hit it a long way, also also can find a, a pretty hot hand on the green with that flat stick. I think he's in probably top five statistics putting uh, right now. So, yeah, he's, getting, he's a you know, science major and a big, uh, I don't know if you call him a science freak or whatever, but. He is into the physics of golf, and he's got everything broken down to, you know, nothing's conventional that he uses. Same like golf clubs. He uses a 
a putter that has more loft on it than his driver. So there's some different things with Bryson, but I, I look for him to be right in there. You know, in the golden age of golf, back before you were even born, you know, you look at the, the Julius Boroses and the Billy Caspers and some of the greats, you know, from 100 years ago, it seems. Uh, suffice it to say, they weren't into physical fitness. It seems like uh, weight training and all that sort of thing has become much more part of the game at the professional level. Is that fair to say? Well, it's really fair to say because I can remember when the Magnolia Classic was here in Hattiesburg, and I was working at the Hattiesburg Country Club then, both as during the tournament and for Kennedy. But when those guys came in, uh, there weren't many flat bellies. You know, they were all not, you didn't see them working out. They didn't have a, a trainer with them. They didn't have the fitness trucks at every event like they do now. So fitness and, you know, build, building the core and the muscles, the right golf muscles, really evolved in the last, I'd say, 20 years. I mean, you look at these guys out there right now, and they're all stout. Yeah, I, I remember uh, some, covering some of those Magnolia Classics at the Hattiesburg Country Club. A lot of those guys, good round or bad round, they, they most of them would have a cocktail or two. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Northgate uh, Lounge is full of those <laughs> And, Jeff, you're still, you're still involved uh, to a degree with, with golf, still, still a p- an important part of your life? It, it is. Unfortunately, I uh, have a job now that I work. Monday through Saturday, I still get some golf in uh, in the summertime afterwards, and then on Sundays I try to play. Man, say it isn't so that you actually have a job that that takes time away from what you really want to yeah. do. Well, Jeff, continued yeah. success. We want to thank you for uh, joining us, talking a little bit about the Masters and about his years at uh, at Southern Miss, a four year letter winner in the mid eighties uh, when he was traversing the the old Goat Ranch at Van Hook Golf Course, where I have my only hole in one. On hole number 10, it was June 6th, 1993, for the record. Jeff, good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you, Kelly. All right, Jeff Jennings with us. On the other side of the commercial break, we're going to be talking with the radio voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. The Hilltoppers will host Southern Miss this weekend in Conference USA football. Randy Lee will be our guest when the Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. With engineer Brandon Wallace, I'm Kelly Sander in the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Bob Getty will be back next Monday. We're hoping that uh, Luke Johnson may be back as well. You know, when, when you're Luke Johnson and you have so many requests for your time, you know, whether it's Hollywood parties or, you know, gathering with professional sports gatherings and things like that the eagle hour although important to luke it's a little bit further down the list and and why wouldn't it be when you have an opportunity to hang with those uh with those great people 
Tomorrow on the program, we'll be talking with Patrick McGee, the professor. We'll be here from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, bringing us uh, up to date on all things Southern Miss from an insider's point of view. And Bob Matthews, a Southern Miss graduate who's with uh, SportsJourney.com. But joining us now from the Commonwealth of Kentucky is the radio voice of the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky, Randy Lee. Randy, good afternoon to you. Hi, Kelly. How are you today? Man, everything is, is great. And the Hilltoppers go down to FAU last week and really played a spirited game. I thought you guys, uh, that, that Howell defense is pretty doggone tough, isn't it? Well, uh, through their four games, they've only allowed five touchdowns now, and uh, we don't have one of them. So, uh, yeah, they're very, very good defensively. And, uh, you know, WKU played uh, extremely well or great defensively as well. But uh, the only time FAU had a single drive was the last one of the game and they made a quarterback change. And uh, they took it 75 yards in 12 plays, uh, all on the ground, and won the game with two minutes to go. So let's take a look. Let's rewind the tape a little bit. Uh, as to where you thought the hill or what the expectations were of the Hilltoppers prior to the season going in, and are they there at this point, or what are the pluses and what are the minuses of the season so far based on the expectations? Well, uh, expectations were uh, competing for the Eastern Division Championship, so that will not be met this year. Uh, they felt like with nine returning starters on defense, they would be, if not the best defense in the conference, they would be right up there. Uh, and, you know, they played a very difficult schedule, so some of the defensive numbers are a bit misleading, and they've had no support from the offense. Uh, the offense has continued to put them in terrible situations. So the, the defensively speaking, maybe the front line hasn't been as good as we had anticipated, um, but uh, it, it's been a good year defensively. Not a great year, but a good year. Offensively speaking, it's far below what they ever had thought was going to happen, um, you know, that uh, they brought in a new quarterback. You know, the last one you know graduated, so they had to start from scratch there. Quarterback plays, you know, been below average. They've also been victimized by just terrible bad luck at the wide receiver positions. You had your two top returning wide receivers from last year, both transfer, one in August and one after the second game of the season. They combined for 100 catches last year, and those are the two speed merchants. Those two guys really had a you know great speed. Everyone left at the wide receiver spot, average speed at best for that particular position. Uh, they also lost their best deep threat after those two players transferred to a fractured ankle. Uh, and they were down another wide receiver last week uh, due to a hamstring. So the, the receivers they anticipated having in August, five of the top seven are not on the team or are injured and not playing. So that has greatly hampered the, the offense, and I think and the, the, one of the main reasons why, uh, along with just average quarterback play probably, why they've underachieved immensely offensively. They've only scored one touchdown in the last two games. Granted, FAU and, and, um, uh, you know, and BYU, two very good defenses. But still, just one touchdown. And and one common opponent that all conference USA opponents have had this year, Randy Lee, is COVID. Uh, how have the Hilltoppers uh, handled the COVID situation? Have they been marred a lot by us uh, guys nope. being sidelined? Uh, been been scot free. Haven't lost anyone during the season to it. Uh, no one has tested positive. Not even a staff member. Once they started testing in, in, in July or August, whenever those tests began. So in that regard, we have not been hampered whatsoever. Have not had a game canceled yet uh so we've been very fortunate in, in that regard i think you know 
I'm only assuming that this is a very old team. A lot of seniors are on the team. Uh, I think maybe um, you know they do have a, a, good, a good bit of maturity level to them. So possibly the good fortune in regards to the COVID issues, uh, I'm only assuming maybe you know it's their last go around for many of these players if they elect not to come back with the free year they've been granted by the NCAA. So maybe they put a little bit more you know thought or or caution into uh, even though some people certainly get COVID and you know worse as careful as possible, but to have no problems whatsoever is very rare. And I just, uh, I, I feel maybe with, with a veteran team and so many seniors, that may be one of the reasons for it. Well, and, and of course, the medical experts, uh, you, you are really lucky because according to the medical experts, seniors are at risk. No, oh, that's a joke. That's a different kind of senior. Uh, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> but, but, but at any rate, you're expecting, what are you expecting from the Golden Eagles now coming in there to Bowling Green uh, this Saturday against uh, the Hilltoppers? Well, you know, I know they've been running it well lately. Uh, Southern Miss has some, you know, really good weapons at wide receiver. Uh, it's going to be interesting because Southern Miss's offense is a lot better than WKU's, and I think WKU's defense is a lot better than Southern Miss's. So you're going to have strength against strength and weakness against weakness. And that could make for quite an interesting game. Yeah, and you know, really, when you look at years past, too, Randy, it's it's gotten a little uh, chippy on both of these teams. It's not there's not a whole lot of they don't get to play mm-hmm. each other a lot. But it seems when you look at the history of this series, it's gotten a little rough around the edges. Yeah, I missed last year's game because uh, we had a football basketball conflict, and because it was a tournament, they asked me to go cover basketball. So I didn't miss seeing that game. Uh, but I do recall you know, the two previous games, both were played here in Bowling Green. One was for the conference championship game, and I recall how violent that game was. I mean, that was such a physical football game. Uh, Southern Miss had a 21-7 lead, and WKU came back and won that game. And then the uh, you know, the, the previous, uh, the only other time Southern Miss was here was the, the one season that uh, Ellis Johnson was the head coach, and I know Southern Miss had a lot of expectations going into that season, and no one would have ever thought it was going to be a winless year. And when WKU won that game convincingly, we thought, wow, you know, we beat Southern Miss by that score and felt like, you know, the Tops are going to have an extremely special year. They had a good year, but they didn't have, uh, you know, a great year. So, you know, those are my but, – but, but of all the games that you know, I've been a part of, but I'd say maybe the top two or three I remember is the conference championship game here just because of how physical and downright violent it was. My brother came to the game, brought his wife. She's not a big football fan. After the game, she says, man, she goes, those players were all mean. So that was their description of the game. It was, uh, you know, I guess when you play in a, in a stadium that's nicknamed The Rock, uh, you, know, you got some tough kids, and, uh, you know, those Hilltopper teams certainly were uh, – very physical as well. The radio voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, Randy Lee, is our guest. And, and Randy, full disclosure, you, you get a free pass. Uh, the Mississippi legislature about five years ago passed a law that Ellis Johnson's name cannot be mentioned on our program. Oh. So, <laughs> so you, because you're from out of state. I am. Are you going to lock me up for this? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying because you're from a different state, you, you get you get the free pass. But, you know, I, I enjoy talking to, to radio guys, too, because the art, of, the art of play-by-play is exactly that. And I don't think people give play-by-play guys enough credit that uh, it is not an easy thing to do. In, in your radio career, in your play-by-play career, who, who among 
some of the elites of broadcasting would you say call a really good football game? Who are some guys maybe that you really like to listen to yourself? Oh, I would say right now, you're talking about current announcers, correct? Sure, or whomever. Yeah, okay. I, um, you know, I grew up um, stumbling across the AM dial and picked up Don Fisher many years ago. Uh, Don is in about his 50th year at Indiana University, so I always make a point to listen to Don whenever I can. Um, it, is a, it is amazing, uh, as you continue to think about it, it is amazing, though, that Vin Scully, you know, was the voice of the L.A. Dodgers and was calling games in his early 90s. So as long as your voice holds up, oh, yeah. you physically, you don't even really have to be, you know, in that good a physical yeah, shape but, as long as you have your voice in your mind. Well, you, you know, John's got all three. John Cox has physical shape, <laughs> mental shape, and his voice still sounds great. He's what, he's in his 60s or at least 70, I would think. Man, he's he's uh, on the go all the time. So, yeah, that doesn't... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I I don't recall the gentleman's name because his name is Casey right now. But but I do love listening to the Arizona State radio announcer. Um, so he's another one in college that when I have a chance to listen to a game and they're playing, Kevin Harlan. Kevin like Harlan. Yeah, Kevin Harlan seems to be the guy that a lot of people like listening to now too. You know, Kevin. Kevin's certainly right up there. Um, the one gentleman that now does the Monday night football games. Uh, well, well, Kevin does them sometimes. This is a, a guy just a New York Nets, New Jersey Nets, or the Brooklyn Nets now on television. Uh, does tennis on CBS. It's not uh, one of the. It's not one of the Alberts, is it? It is not. No, okay. No. Okay. So uh, anyway. I, I would say of the of the current announcers, those are the ones that uh, if those games are on, man, I, I try to find find the game and listen to them. Well, Randy, we thank you for taking time uh, joining us today on the Eagle Hour, the radio voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. And on behalf of every Southern Miss football fan, we hope that the Hilltoppers win every game they play except one. <laughs> That's very kind. Of you. <laughs> I know you'll you'll understand that, man. Here's here's to good health. Thanks again, Randy. Continued success. Thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy being with you, Kelly. Have a good day. Thank you. Randy Lee with us on the Eagle Hour. When we come back, we'll get you set up for college football tonight. The list of cancellations continues to grow longer and longer. We'll have those for you. And we'll also talk about something significant that happened almost 50 years ago to the day. And we're referring to a Conference USA school that had to deal with that. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. We want to thank former Southern Miss golfer Jeff Jennings and the radio voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, Randy Lee, both for being guests on the program today. And thank a couple of our sponsors. Fourth Street Bar and Grill is the official go-to place for your Southern Miss pregame activities right there in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium, right over the 4th Street Bridge, over 49. Uh, It's the place to go whether you want to shoot a game of pool or just talk Southern Miss sports. There's always Golden Eagle fans there, and it's home of the 895 lunch that includes your soft drink. And also our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg, 5449630. Don't forget that area code, of course, 601-544-9630. It is the second biggest investment you'll make other than the purchase of a home. So you want to make sure the automobile that you get has been checked. The used car that you that you want to buy has been checked over. Uh, there's several points that they make sure working correctly. And, of course, nothing holds their value like Toyota automobiles. 
544-9630 or always online. We thank our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg. The Golden Eagle men's basketball schedule has been released today. The Eagles will open the season Saturday, November 28th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at a tournament against the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. North Dakota State will be the opponent the very next day on November 29th. And then the home season opens for Southern Miss on Wednesday, December 2nd, when William Carey, the Crusaders from right there in Hattiesburg, will play at... um, at Reed Green Coliseum. So again, the Eagles opened their home schedule on Wednesday, December 2nd against William Carey. They will begin conference play on New Year's Day. Actually, New Year's night. Friday night, January 1st. Remember, as we mentioned on this program, Conference USA now, you have back-to-back games on Fridays and Saturdays. UTEP will be here on uh, January 1st and 2nd. So home series with UTEP, Middle Tennessee, North Texas, and Florida Atlantic. Those will be the teams that will be coming to Hattiesburg. And then the Eagles will go on the road for those two-day series at UAB, at Texas San Antonio, at Rice, and at FIU. The only team that Southern Miss will split home and homes with is Louisiana Tech. They'll play the Bulldogs in Hattiesburg on Thursday, January 28th, and then go back to Ruston to play on Saturday, January 30th. Again, the men's basketball schedule now out, and you can find out more at southernmiss.com. More action in the MAC tonight. College football on the slate includes Eastern Michigan at Ball State. CBS Sports Network has the coverage of that one. Ball State is the, is the school that David Letterman went to. That's trivia, but you know, might come in handy. You never know. Central Michigan plays at Northern Illinois. ESPN, you will have the coverage of that one. And on the main channel on ESPN, Toledo, the Rockets, will travel to Western Michigan. So that takes care of uh, the MAC schedule. Three other games were played last night. Meanwhile, COVID continues to rear its rug- uh, its ugly head, particularly in the SEC. Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman has been... Uh, tested positive for COVID, and he's an older guy, so that's that's problematic. But games that have been canceled now, listen to this list of uh, college football games that have been canceled, and you'll you'll see a trend here, particularly in the in the SEC. We mentioned yesterday that Mississippi State's game with Auburn uh, will not be played. Add the Alabama LSU game. We talked yesterday, right about this very time, that it was rumored that that game was going to be canceled. It has been. Alabama will not play at LSU this weekend. Georgia and Missouri, they won't get to play. COVID related issues. So, Georgia and Missouri, you can scratch that game. Texas AM was scheduled to go to Tennessee. That game will not be played. Texas AM, five and one. So, the Aggies, you know, looking for a, a shot at the SEC Championship, but they will not be able to play at Tennessee this weekend. Other games that have been scratched include Louisiana Monroe at Arkansas State. That's in the Sun Belt. Memphis was scheduled to play Navy. So Memphis, thank you very much, will not play Navy. And Air Force was scheduled to play at Wyoming. This is the second week in a row now that a lot of the Armed Forces teams have not been able to play. So that's the current list of games that have been canceled. In the MACCC, the Mississippi Association of Community College Conference, Colin, the Wolves have pulled the plug on the entire rest of the season. Colin says because of COVID issues, they are done 
for with football for this fall. So the Wolfpack, no more football for the Colin Wolves over in Wesson. This coming Saturday, November 14th, will mark the 50th anniversary of one of the most tragic sports stories that there ever was. On Saturday, November 14th, it'll mark the 50th anniversary of the Marshall Thundering Herd plane crash. They were coming home from a game against East Carolina. 75 people were killed in that uh, plane crash. Of course, there was a movie about it called We Are Marshall that Matthew McConaughey starred in. And... um, on Friday's show, we're going to talk a little bit more about, about that event and, and how that still continues to have an effect on the campus there um, at Marshall. So that's the 50th anniversary coming up on Saturday, November 14th. Tomorrow on the program, the Professor Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald and Southern Miss graduate Bob Matthews of SportsJourney.com. You know, we talked about Southern Miss cranking out some golfers. They've also cranked out some good broadcasters over the years, and Bob Matthews is one of them. He will join us tomorrow. Glad that you're with us. Thanks for letting me hold down the fort while Bob and Luke are away. Until we talk tomorrow at 1 o'clock, for Engineer Brandon Wallace, I'm Kelly Sanders saying Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.